temple. If you can uh, turn to Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 22, of verse 30, or you can read it from behind on the screen. And I want you to see the principle of intercessory prayer here in this text. And I'm reading from the ESV translation. It says, And I sought for a man among them, who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have consumed them with fire of my wrath. As you can see behind me, it says in a different translation in ES. And I guess B, I searched for a man among them who would build up the wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it. How many of us are standing in the gap when we hear terrible news? How many of us are standing in the gap for our brother or sister? Or for our family. So I think the principle of intercessory prayer is evident within Scripture and also in this passage. That we are standing in the gap not only for our family or for the people that we love, but also for the entire mankind. As you can see, that what the Lord has says and said in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. Turn to Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 13. Exodus chapter 17, verse 8 through 13. I want to show you the principle here as well of intercessory prayer. Reading from the ESV, it says, the, Amalek, the Then Amalite came and fought with Israel at Rephidim. So Moses said to Joshua, choose for us men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses told him and fought with Amalek. When Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill, Whenever Moses held up his 
and Israel prevailed. Whenever he lowered his hand, Amalite prevailed. But Moses grew has grew weary, so that they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, while Aaron and her held up his hands, one on the on one side and the other on the other side. So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun, and Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the sword. Many of you might be saying, where's the principle of intercessory prayer here? I think it's very evident when Moses, who was standing in the gap between Joshua and the Israelites, and the Amalekites, whenever Moses allowed his hands to drop, that's when the Amalekites prevailed against the Israelites. But whenever Moses held up his hands, that is when Israel prevailed. The principle of intercessory prayer is this. We are praying and holding up our hands against whatever comes against us and the people that we love. Not only that, we understand when Moses held up his hands, he grew weary, tired. And I think that's normal. We all are made of flesh. We all are human. And that's why they had Moses had Aaron and her assisting him to keep his hands held high. The point is this, if you are tired, if you are weary of praying day and night because I know that it is a tiresome task to do, Just be mindful that you are not the only one that is praying. You have brothers and sisters who are standing by you to lift up your hands. And even if they fail to do so, you have the Lord Jesus Christ, whose hands would never go down, whose hands would never get weary, he would never get tired, To pray. To intercede. And I think this is what, before I get back to what the Lord uh, said, I think this is what Paul says as well. It says in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 8, I desire then that in every place the men should pray lifting up holy hands. Lifting up holy hands. But in terms of the Lord not getting weary, we can see this principle of intercessory prayer on the Lord's behalf for us in Romans chapter 8, verse 27. Turn there, please. 
Turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 27. And after we read verse 27, we're going to jump, jump down to verse 34. Let's start in verse uh, 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray. For as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Verse 27, and he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. I jump down to the verse 34. So we can read verse 33 too. Uh, who shall bring any charge against us, against charging against God's elect? It is, is, it, is it God who justifies? Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding. For us. This is what I mean by intercessory prayer. The Lord Jesus is there right now interceding for us and for those who he had died for. So... And this is exactly what he had done before he went to the cross. Because when in terms of being the high priest or making a priestly prayer, John chapter 17 is what Jesus did. He made the high priestly prayer before he went to the cross, asking God the Father to keep those who God the Father gave to him. Now the Son was giving them, the elect, back to the Father. I think this principle is found in Hebrews 8, verse 4 through 6. Turn there. He says, now if we, now if he were on the earth, he would not be a priest at all. Since there are priests who offer gifts according to the law. They serve a copy and a shadow of the heavenly things. 
For when Moses was about to erect the tent, he instructed by God, saying, See that you make everything according to the pattern that was shown on the mountain. But as it is, Christ has obtained a ministry that is as more, much more excellent than the old as the covenant. He mediates, is better since it is intact on better promises. Beloved, again, let me reiterate, an accessory prayer is what we should be doing. It is an example that Christ has given us. It is an example not only that Christ has given us, but what we are commanded to do. Amen? Amen. So, Understanding that we should be interceding, and similar to what just occurred when Pastor Gus interceded on the behalf of Vic, is praying for the suffering. Praying for the suffering. You know, I think the best example that I can give you to help you understand what it means to pray for the suffering is not only for those who suffer, but to look at Christ as a perfect example when he prayed and endured suffering. We understand that when he was in the garden, he prayed so fervently that Sweat became like blood. And in terms of Paul and Silas, when they were in prison, they prayed and sung hymns, spiritual songs, and making melodies unto the Lord. So much so that the prison cells were opened up by supernatural power of God. The idea of praying through suffering is not only praying through for someone else, but also praying for yourself. Despite how you feel or what you're going through. It's understanding that although you're going through some type of trial or some type of test, you're still unction to pray. Trying to use some slang there. Couldn't get it right. But you still call to pray. I remember a story about a um, Christian in India. Her name is Abibi, if I'm if that's correct. Where she was accused of defaming the name and prophet. Muhammad. They accuse her of that and they arrested her and she is sentenced to death. And she's still there. Now, I would like for you to really ponder on this posture of praying through suffering. If you were her, 
Would you pray? Would you feel defeated? Would you feel as if the pressures of life have overcome you? If you were facing death, as many Christians are facing death in today's time, would you stop praying? Or would you continue to pray despite whatever measure you are suffering? This is what it means to pray the prayer of suffering. This is what it means to continue to pray fervently until you cannot pray anymore. And we already just learned the other posture of praying, which is intercessory prayer, to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is praying for you when you suffer. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 13 and 16. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 through 16. It says, Now who is there to harm you? If you are zealous for what is good, but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Now hold that thought and now turn to Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7. Like I stated earlier, Christ is the perfect example of what it means to pray, despite if you are suffering. It says, in the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverence. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. You see the perfect example of Christ? He prayed to God that he would allow him to not drink the cup. God still allowed it. He was obedient to it. But he still prayed. 
the excruciating pain of being tortured, knowing that he was going to die on the cross for my sins and for your sins. Even still to that, much more than that, understanding that the slightest bit of had to take upon the sins of the world was much more suffering than the beatings that he received for the, uh, from the Romans. So we understand the posture of intercessory prayer. We understand the second posture, which is praying a prayer of suffering. And I think all of these postures, the postures that we have discussed uh, previously, all leads to this last posture, which is the prayer of healing. Or the gift of healing. And here's the reason why you say that. Because if you're interceding for someone, you're desiring God to respond to that, uh, to that prayer. You're desiring God to respond in a sense of making things right. If you are praying Although that you're suffering, you're desiring God to heal whatever that is causing you ills or troubles. So this is why I think the last posture is the correct one, the appropriate one. As a denomination, we believe that Christ still heals people. We believe that the atonement and healing go hand in hand. That not only he died for the souls of the entire world, but he died for everyone's physical bodies. That is what Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 through 5 says. He says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes, we are healed. That's a physical and a spiritual healing for those who believe in him. So, Are you praying for someone's healing? That would be the appropriate question to ask. Let me ask this question. Are you standing idly by when you see someone suffering? Knowing that you have the answer to their problem. Because as believers, we can pray for unbelievers, for their healing. We can pray that the Lord will intervene. Uh, This is what he uh, commissioned the 
disciples to do, that they were do greater works than he did, that they were called out to heal the sick, the lame, and the blind. But not only that, within the body of the church, if you are praying for your healing, I encourage you to continue, and I will come along the side of you and pray for your healing as well. But if you desire us to heal, uh, to be healed, then you have to call the elders, and we can pray for you as well. Turn to James chapter 5, verse 13 through 20. It says, James chapter 5, verse 13, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of the faith will save the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up. And if he is committing, committed sins, he will be forgiven. Amen? Amen. And we're going to stop here. Um, what I desire us to do in response of today's message is to pray to intercede for those who is who we can think of or the things that is happening in our world in our country state and city and if you are suffering in any form or fashion I am here for you I will come down to anoint you with oil and pray with you. I would like for the pianist or Miss Shirley to pray. I may not pray, but play as we do this. Amen? Amen. Let's begin.